0: everyone. This is Sarah McFarland from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Wendy Riggs, an associate professor of biology at College of the Redwoods. She recently joined us for a webinar on using technology to facilitate meaningful learning opportunities for her students. Let's jump in. So the first question is how do folks include scientific methods in their anatomy labs?
1: Dude, yes I want to know the answer to that question cuz I I totally as I was thinking about my priorities and going I want students to understand the process of science, I was thinking about well It's not really experimentation in the anatomy lab, but right. But the anatomy science isn't, is not experimentation. So I'm super curious. I can't offer up much in that regard, but I'm curious if anybody has comments in the chat or that would be a really interesting thing to look at.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. We're getting lots of comments here about how to address this awkward situation about how Classes are currently online, but they do plan to go back in person in the near future. And they're hesitant or their institutions are hesitant to release funds to make these online labs more interactive. Um, Do you have any advice on how to kind of address that?
1: So I did want to talk about, and I can't remember if I said it out loud, but the funding that I received to get the LT sensors, which again, you know, that like it's resources that students can now borrow. And, you know, we have a lab tech who is managing all of the checkouts and, and we have a dean who is aware of the whole thing and will help us hunt down humans. If they don't get our stuff back to us, that whole network that is, I got money from the career education division. And the argument, they got a grant for strong workforce funding. And the argument that their dean, who is now our vice president of instruction, the argument that she made is that, Hey, these are nursing students. Like we, these students are going to be in the career education pathway and I've never in my life had an experience of someone coming to me and saying, what do you want? Let's buy it for you. And I promptly said, LT sensors, pretty place with sugar on top. So you might look into that route. The other thing that's true is I think it'd be interesting for us to put together a list of the resources that argue online education isn't going away. And not just because of COVID, but because students' lives are hectic and online creates a flexibility for them. If we show up and do it right, it creates a flexibility that lets them keep going. So providing high quality online education is actually an equitizing move that I think institutions, I don't know, I think they should be investing in this. So. COVID money, you might look into that as a way to fund something like this, but your online people, I know in California, the community colleges were, we recognize that online education is good for students. If it's good, we want good on, we don't want to, we don't want them to be jumping through hoops. We want them to be learning the material and we believe that they can. So it's a high priority. Mm -hmm, Definitely.
0: No, you did perfectly. And I think it's something that probably everybody has struggled with or is struggling with right now. So great to chat about it. We've got another question here. How do you build community online? I can barely get 10% of students to turn on their cameras in in a 100 person class
1: oh my gosh this is a whole workshop like what we should do next is have that we should have that conversation (laughs) building community in an online class what i will tell you is in california again we have just an amazing human. Her name is Michelle Pekansky-Brock, and she's producing content and research around humanizing online learning. And she has strategies. We should have thrown it into the resources. But if somebody wants to go Google humanizing online learning and post a link there, her stuff is scalable and we can make change over time. For me, I get to know my students. The first several weeks of class are very high touch. I have a chat tool that is embedded in my LMS that is also attached to my phone and my students can message me at any time. I know that that probably makes you all go, oh my God, no. But I'm telling you, it's fast. It's super efficient. Like I can send little sweet emojis and hugs and love and rah-rah and they feel heard and connected. And it's quick on my end. It's another one of those things that is, it's difficult to do, but connecting them to each other. We got to connect them to each other so that the whole load isn't on you and that chat tool also facilitates that kind of work. So I think we should have a whole workshop on humanizing or um, creating connections in online learning. Absolutely. I mean, we struggle with this as producers of webinars. You know, they're
0: very linear lectures. You can't see your attendees, which makes it tricky. And, you know, the whole webinar fatigue, the online learning fatigue, everyone is struggling with that still, even though it's been a year and a half or almost two years of of sitting through all of this. So I think if I can just offer one kind of aspect or one facet of this for advice, everyone is struggling with that. So mentioning it and bringing it up and being honest about it and saying like, I don't like these online labs any more than you do. But if we're all together and we all join forces and have those shared experiences, that's a really good way to just kind of kick off the course. And we try to do that with some of our more interactive webinars too. So everyone struggles with this, not just teachers.
1: Yeah. And I think, look at what, look at what happened. I don't know how many of you guys got to attend the workshops in the spring, the, that we got to do with these guys through HAPS. And we looked at that and we, we were so lonely during those workshops. It was so quiet. That's just not very haps at all. And so then we figured out like, how can we, like Sarah, the amazing has figured out how to make it so that we can talk to each other in these, even if I can't see you, we can still talk to each other. And I see, all the chatter in the in the chat is super awesome. That's how we do it. We connect that way, mhm, yeah. I think
0: shared experiences are so important, especially now that we're all kind of alone in our houses. so definitely a great way to to make community. We do have time for at least one more question. This one has come up a lot in the chat, and now it's also in the Q&A, so I'll address this one. Do many post-bachelor health professional schools, medicine, veterinary, dental, accept online labs for their admission eligibility course requirements? I can't speak to any of this, but I'm sure, Wendy, you've probably dealt with this.
1: Definitely dealt with this, and this is a thing that I know in the Past has been an issue and it's one of the reasons why we refused to offer lab work online because we were afraid we didn't want students to take our classes and then have it not be not work for them to get into their program whatever they wanted to get into I just learned that our online like I don't know how you get funding or whatever in you code your classes and I just learned that there is a lab code that requires you to be in the same space at the same time with an instructor. And then there is fully online asynchronous. And all of our lab activities are coded that way. And if they're fully online, I asked, I'm like, oh my God, does this matter? And was told, no, it does not matter. But I honestly think that I've seen phenomenal online classes. And I've seen dismal face-to-face classes and vice versa. So we never know what the student's experience is when you get a transcript and are looking to get someone into your program. And I think that has to be part of the conversation when we're looking at whether or not to accept online laboratory experiences from students. So that is my way of saying, I have no idea what people are doing, but I think it's an important question and an important conversation.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune in to future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science.